This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Hope you had a great Independence Day weekend. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. Back from the family trip. Got the daughter dropped off there. She's there. Repping the Razorbacks, I see already. Yep. Right? Uh, and then, of course, Aaron McIntyre. Good to see you again, brother. How was your family weekend? It was uh, It was good. Tiring, but a good kind of tiring. Got a lot done this weekend. Had a lot of fun as well. It was just uh, a great opportunity to get caught up on some side projects that you guys are going to be hearing more about here in the next few months. But we had plenty of family time, plenty of fun. Got uh, reunited with uh, high school musical karaoke. Hadn't done that since the girls were little. It was Zoe's 17th birthday, so everybody was over. She wanted to bust that out, and it turns out, unfortunately, I still know all the words to you are the music and me. I mean, these things, once they get into your subconscious, you don't ever dig them out of there, right? So uh, we had a great excuse weekend. excuse is not going to work for the people on Twitter who said dude code violations. Yeah, except galore. one of the, it's not, a, the dad code is one of the pillars of the dude code, okay? A willingness to humble yourself and sacrifice some of your fragile male ego for your children in their pleasure and enjoyment and bonding time is not a dude code violation. I cannot believe I even have to clarify that. Fair? I accept that. Yeah. And then, now there's limits. I mean, well, well, I mean, of course. I'm right? Just like the dudes who like ha- allow their toenails to be painted? No. That's going a little too far. Unless they're no. really, if the kids are really little, is it okay? Really little? Never. Never? See, I kind of agree with you. But again, we've got so little fatherhood in this culture that I kind of feel bad about doing anything whatsoever that might put any limits on it. You know what I mean? I do. So I'm going to I'm gonna err on the side of going too far being a daddy because too often in this culture, we don't go far enough. I mean, case in point, we just had two over the weekend, two more mass shootings, one in a country that doesn't have the Second Amendment, another in a state that has virtually every politically, realistically achievable gun control legislation yesterday in Illinois. And the only thing left, actually, confiscation won't even work because they had that in the country I'm talking about. They already did that. It's the culture, stupid. It is young men with no mission, no purpose, no responsibility, aimless, and nothing with idle time. You know, our grandparents used to say idle hands are the devil's plaything, and all kinds of rot gut pop culture to fill that idle time with. Just as Bill Clinton once successfully said it's the economy, stupid, it's the culture, stupid. And that's why we talk so much about culture on this show. We will do that again here today. 
Um, first, though, I have to give you a big announcement before I tell you about what's coming up on the show today. We have a new number one in the Built Bar flavor power ratings. What? There is a new number one. Chocolate chip cookie dough chunk puffs. The marshmallow one. I can't even describe how good they are. I mean, I I just can't. I tried. I opened my mouth. No words came out. And we had about three seconds of awkward dead air. And it's then, also awkward when you're talking about them, just to be fair. And, <laughs> and we have a new number two. <laughs> Coconut brownie chunk puffs. These are both absolutely insanely good. They're incredible. They're incredible. And the bar was already high, folks. So they're coming out with these flavors soon, all kinds of new flavors. I mean, this run they've been on with the brownie batter to the mud pie to these. I mean, when you talk about these, you remind me of that great story when Zoe was speaking of Zoe when she was little and she said, Daddy, I can feel my energy. Yeah, when she was on That's my show. That's you when you're talking about cookie dough puffs. Yes, when Zoe was so hyped when she got to be on my show for the first time when she was little and I asked her, how you doing, sweetheart? She goes, I can feel it. I can feel my energy. That's what she said. We had that drop. We played that for years. I can feel my energy right now. Folks, you won't believe how good these are, man. These are insanely good. Get 15% off right now with the promo code DACE. D-E-A-C-E. When you go to Built.com for Built Bar, that's B-U-I-L-T, the greatest protein bar of all time. This flat out. I mean, if I did candy bar rankings and included these flavors threw in like mud pie brownie batter flavor i mean guys they could sell these i went to the movies a few times over the weekend to get caught up on some films i haven't seen they could sell these like next to reese's pieces that's how good these are you look like you okay? want to fight somebody about this right now like, <laughs> i do i mean i cannot believe how good these are built.com is where you want to go promo code days to get 15 percent off all right here is what we're going to do on the program today coming up at the bottom of this hour former congressman jeff fortenberry from the state of Nebraska. He was just convicted and put on probation for two years for lying to the FBI, but he says if he committed any real crime, it was trusting the FBI. He will join us to give us his side of the story here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, for fake news or not, we haven't done this in a while, and I, I, I'm getting the sense that I'm uncomfortable with the amount of people liking me right now. Let me just put it that way. I'm a little uncomfortable with it. So let's do something about that, yes, shall we? I'm sure that's within your reach. <laughs> Indeed. Um, we're going to take current tropes that are very popular within our own industry, conservative media, and let's play fake news or not. Okay. Are these tropes for real or are they fake news? Fair? Got it. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, call the herd here. First day back after a long weekend. We, we, June, we had our highest iTunes rankings ever. By golly, we've got to do something about that. <laughs> What's going on with this show? Let freedom ring. Indeed. I mean, this is this is supposed to be the, the velvet underground of conservative podcasts. The acquired taste. Very few people. The fish, the grateful dead. Very few people know about, but the, all the ones that do are obsessed with it. And then think that those who don't get it, they're better than them. That's how, that's how we're supposed to roll here. All right. This is not McPodcast. It's been way too popular recently. We have to confront that. So we will uh, coming up next hour on the show. And then 
I'll give an entirely subjective opinion on something that will alienate even more people with Pop Culture Tuesday when we release and unveil my top 10 movies for 2022 thus far with the year half over. These are the 10 best films I've seen so far this year, and I'll give you a brief word on each of them. That's coming up at the end of the show. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by July. All right, now that that's taken care of, the long holiday weekend is finally winding down. And if you went anywhere or did anything or cooked anything, you likely felt a gouge in your wallet. Not to worry, though, the White House feels your pain. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay $4.85 a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. That's Biden advisor Brian Deese talking about the ongoing war in Ukraine. Anywho, how's that going anyway? Ukraine is confirming that its forces have withdrawn from a key city. This U.S. veteran fighting alongside the Ukrainians there left the front line just five days ago. It's a war of attrition, and right now the Russians are winning. Oh. Joe Biden, your thoughts. God bless America. Thank you. Oh, anyway, I'm sure Kamala Harris is on top of something. For those of you listening, this is a photograph of the vice president during a recent appearance in New Orleans. The backdrop she's sitting in front of reads Vice President Kamala Harris, New Orleans, Louisiana, with Louisiana spelled wrong. Anyway, this guy is now the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy in the Department of Energy. His name is Sam Brinton. He's from Iowa originally, has talked openly about his animal roleplay fetish, and once defended an underage homosexual prostitution website, which was raided by the feds in 2015. Joe Biden is reportedly set to tap America-hating feminist Megan Rapino for the nation's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of freedom blue check marks and celebrities spent the long independence day weekend complaining about how it's going to be harder to kill their babies akron ohio nearly burned to the ground thanks to black lives matter activists over the weekend after a black man fired a gun at police during a high-speed chase and was subsequently killed by police after refusing to surrender during a foot chase Meanwhile, and finally, Fox 13 in Tampa Bay interviewed U.S. Marine and World War II veteran Carl Sperlin Dekel, who celebrated his 100th birthday last week. I don't know. I've, I've lived a good life. I mean, I've had a, a lot, a lot of happiness, happiness, smiling, telling everybody that everything was beautiful every day. If I went into my church and didn't say everything was beautiful, they'd think I was sick. And, I, and I'm not that way. I mean, I'm a, uh, I, I sincerely believe in this old world that everything is beautiful. I mean, if I see, if I wake up in the morning and see these plants out here and, they, and all those flowers that are in there and the green grass on the, on the ground, that's beautiful. And people don't realize what they have. They bitch about it. They do. And then nowadays, I am so upset that the things we did and the things we fought for and the boys that died for it, it's all gone down the drain. Our country's gone to hell in a handbasket. 
We haven't got the country we had when I was raised. Not at all. Nobody will have the fun I had. Nobody will have the opportunity I had. It's just not the same. And that's not what I want. That's not what they died for. I just, it's just, just not it. I'm so sorry. I'll be all right. Just takes me time to get over it. I just, I, I, why, why me? See, sitting here like this, see, all this going on. It's crazy. It's just, Emily, it's just, just not, it's just not the same. That isn't what we fought for. Oh well. I should be worried about it, I guess. I'm 100 years old, they say. And that's what happened while we were away. Well, I came here in a good mood, refreshed, and then I watched that. I watched a cavalcade of dumb at the start, like, galaxy-brained levels of dumb. I watched a guy who defended a website called, and I quote, rentboy.com. That is the name of the site. Can you understand why maybe even the feds who spread your propaganda might have thought something was wrong there? When you called it rentboy.com. And this was in 2015. This was the Obama Justice Department that raided you. Eric Holder, dude. Rentboy.com. Now, and you can't make this up. He oversees a department of the government that does... Waste disposal? <sighs> okay. This, this guy hails from San Francisco, right? And then there's that veteran there at the end. Talk about it here in a minute. First, Aaron's Montage brought to you by Better Spectacles. Um, if you like my glasses, uh, good news for you. I've got progressive lenses, a little far, a little near. It used to be I'd get the dorky lenses if that was us. Not anymore. Because with our friends at Better Spectacles, you can get access to German-engineered rodenstock eyewear available for mass distribution for the first time here in the U.S. And yes, even for your problematic prescriptions as well as your regular ones. And if you get set up at Better Spectacles, uh, they will set you up with uh, some of the best trained opticians in the country. Schedule your teleoptical appointment today at betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Betterspectacles.com slash Steve. And when you do, you'll get 61% off their Go Spec lenses. Plus, they'll throw in the Rodenstock eyewear, the frames, for free. Can't beat that. Maybe the best frames in the world for free on top of 61% off when you go 
to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. So throughout, you know what, given what we just commemorated, when in the course of human events, there has been some very memorable political slogans just in our nation's history. The very first, ta- no taxation without representation, right? Yep. Okay. Um, Tippy Canoe and Tyler too. A chicken in every pot. Putting people first. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. It's morning in America again. I'm sure there's a few that I have missed here. Clinging to your guns and your... Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Return to normalcy. It's another one. I mean, there have been a lot of great, catchy political slogans that spoke to the moment, that inspired, captured the imagination. Walk softly and carry a big stick. That's another one. And these are things that, you know, generations have then studied after they were cemented in the mind share of the American people at the time. I'm not exactly sure where, well, um, we have to uh, preserve the liberal democratic order. I'm not exactly sure where that is. I kind of think it might rank a little below. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. At least that was a lie. Like Obama understood he could not come right out and say, we'll be taking your doctor away and Uh, establishing protocols for whatever doctor you are allowed to have that they will then no longer treat you as an individual patient, but essentially just as a cog in the machine from guidelines that we set from above, which is exactly what we've seen for the last 28 months Mm -hmm. with COVID, right? Uh, He didn't say that. He kind of knew, kind of knew that wouldn't rally people and wouldn't um, spur them to vote. So he lied. So boldly and brazenly, even PolitiFact, which is an arm of his party, named it the political lie of the year. One of the greatest political lies of all time. I will say this for the Biden administration. They're not lying to you. Right? I mean, they're not... They're not lying to you. You know, in the same way, a jihadist isn't lying to you, right? Same way when Saladin and his Islamic hordes showed up and gave you three options, convert, death, or the jizya. Honest brokers. They told you the truth. And they they weren't trying to spin you. You can convert, die, or pay such an exorbitant tax that If you really don't believe this and just culturally conformed after a while, you'll convert just to stop paying it. So we'll weed out, we'll thin the herd of who really truly believes in your so-called Jesus, son of God. I mean, it's honest, right? They were very honest. They, they, They were telling you the truth. Wasn't any spin there. 
This guy saw the opening scene of Infinity War with Ebony Maw, and he's like, why do we need two more movies? Indeed. This is outstanding. We are literally five minutes away from a member of the Biden administration say, you may think that this is your suffering, but it really is your salvation. That is a hella campaign slogan, bro. I mean, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how this one turns out. Because today, Monmouth, for for reasons literally only Allah knows. Only Allah knows why. Monmouth put out a poll today, and the polling sample was plus five Democrat. Because why not? <clears throat> why not? Because the 2020 election was only plus one Democrat when they supposedly got 81 million votes. So... Even if we just completely discounted the current environment and the things that have transpired so far in this presidency already, they are already by an order of magnitude overestimating their turnout by four times the last actual poll we took that mattered, the election, which was their high watermark. I think we can all agree, we can disagree maybe what the so-called red wave will look like in November and whether it will really make a difference because I'm sure Lord Nefarious is somewhere in the bowels of hell quaking in his boots, that root and branch will be given back control over the filibuster. I'm sure. I'm sure he is backpedaling right now thinking, oh, oh no, Mr. Bill, not Kevin McCarthy. Oh no, what will we ever do? <laughs> right. But that not all withstanding. Let's just look at the data. Fair? At the very least, I think we would all agree that the environment has not improved for Democrats since that election can we at least all agree on that i hope so i would well i don't think we can because that would require an acknowledgement of reality and there is a sizable sector of this culture and it is ever growing that just thinks reality is kind of it's gonna be a no for me dog kind of not my thing reality hard pass projection it's all the rage it's what the cool kids the smart kids do they don't acknowledge reality they live in their own but for those of us who just can't get there yet i think we can all agree that the environment now is not what it was the first tuesday of november 2020 for the other for the democratic party i think we can at least agree upon that I mean, you've got people in the Netherlands right now going full Sam Adams. Yes, yes, yes you do. All right. I mean, they've got a, a trucker Glock who wants it going on <laughs> in the Netherlands right now. Bench, I mean, the entire trucker industry in Netherlands, the Netherlands is on the CB. I like the way you handle your rig. Let's just park that puppy right here. All right. So, yes, you're right about that. <laughs> okay. Like seven people got that reference and they're all laughing right now. Okay. Um, why they put out a poll... That was plus five Democrat. Why not, man? They flipped a coin. You know, here's what they did. They just put a series of polling samples in like a tank, right? And they stopped it and they pulled out the piece of paper and it said D plus five and they went with that one, right? That's as scientific as any other reason you would do a D plus five poll and publish it without any shame in today's environment. But here's what's funny. They did that, and they still could only find 10% of Americans think the country's on the right track. Even doing that, 10, 10%. 
I want to see Frank Luntz do a sit down with that panel. Yes, indeed. How do we come together and what's the compromise? Meaning what do you guys on the right give up in order for us to get to 15? (laughs) Yes. So. Coming out and rolling out in response to that, because I've always told you guys, they already have all this data. They know it all. They don't care. This is the closest we have come in American history to let them eat cake. A lot of you think that they don't care because they just think they're going to steal the election again. I wish you were right. My word, I wish you were right. But see, a lot of you have not actually worked in elections. In fact, let me, before I explain this once more, let me say, I hope you're right. One of the best things that could ever happen for this country is for them to blatantly and brazenly steal an election. Again. Again, but with this data out in the open. Because there would be no, Trump's not on the ballot, can't blame it on him, right? There, there, there is, there all the explanations that we were given for the data that doesn't add up in the last election, none of them exist. None. Not a single one. None of them do. So uh, this is why I'm not the guy, uh, vote Republican to stop Democrats from packing the court. No, pack that son of a bitch. Pack it. Pack that son of a bitch. Pack it all. Pack it. Put 28 justices on there. Hell, put 666. Put them all. Because I'm, I, I'm actually a student of history. And I know that Things don't change until they reach a critical mass. And we ain't there yet. We're approaching it. You know, a few more few more talking points like, well, we got to preserve our liberal democratic order. We might get there, but we ain't there yet. We ain't there yet. So I actually don't, I don't want to put uh, tourniquets on flesh wounds. I'm not into band-aids on bullet holes. I want the bullet removed. So by all means... Commence, oh, festival. Let's see the nuts. Let's bring it. Get busy living or get busy dying. I don't want any more lukewarm. Bring the heat. I want the critical mass. Because that's what it will take for us to decide, all right, enough is enough. Period. But that notwithstanding... It's not, you can't steal an election in this environment. Look at what they did in places like Milwaukee and Philadelphia in elections that were decided by just a, just a few thousand or tens of thousands of votes or Atlanta, Georgia. Look at how clumsy, look at how convoluted, look at how, how elongated that operation had to go on. Weeks. Weeks to conjure up enough write-in votes for a point and a half or so or less in an election. There is not enough. They cannot do that here. That is not why they don't care and they don't move or triangulate. It's far worse than that. It's because it's a religion. This is religious level conviction. And I'm here to tell you, the only thing that stops a bad religion is a good one. The only thing that stops a bad theology 
is a good one. The only thing that stops religious conviction is better religious conviction. Why did we pull out of Afghanistan last year? Because the turd burglars that still want to live in the 7th century have a religious conviction that they want to own that armpit of the world far more than we do, despite all of our obvious advantages. And they wanted to own it far more than the Soviet Union did 30 years prior, despite all of their obvious advantages. They had the religious conviction we didn't have any. Religious conviction always beats, I want to be left alone. Karl Marx beats Greta Garbo every time. Every history book. Every time. I want to be left alone never beats my zealotry, my religious conviction. Religious conviction always wins. And even on our side, with this environment, how many of us went to church the last couple Sundays hoping we might actually hear our pastor say something about Roe v. Wade being overturned. They have the religious conviction. They know the numbers. They don't care. Just like if you are a true follower of Jesus, you know the numbers of what's happening in this culture. But you're not changing your beliefs to suit the culture. You're going to the end. Because you really believe he rose again. (laughs) They really believe he didn't. And I promise you, whoever has the most belief and conviction in that belief is going to win this. Period. Regardless of polls, elections, anything else. Whoever has the most conviction wins. Period. Because whoever has the most conviction always wins. So I was looking at some polling from Harvard, not something I typically do, but because it was on Americans' reaction to the overturning of Roe and literally all of their top line results contradicted each other. Essentially, the American people, a majority of them did not want Roe overturned. However, a majority of them actually approved with virtually every stipulation that will now be put in place to stop abortion since it's overturning. (laughs) Makes no sense whatsoever. None. Because a lot of people, frankly, have not had these conversations for a long time. We don't know simply what is a right. How do we even define that? So in anticipation of an event that might cause Roe v. Wade to be overturned one day, some pro-life filmmakers got together. They made a movie called Order of Rights a few years ago. Yours truly here has an extended cameo in this film as well. It's won uh, several independent film awards, several pro-life awards as well. And it, it takes us into the courtroom where on a local and state level now, the arguments are going to be made about 
how to or whether or not at all to restrict abortion, the killing of children in light of the overturning of Roe. These are the kinds of arguments that we have put off in this country for nearly 50 years that are going to be happening everywhere in this country now. And so if you want to get a sneak preview and and watch this movie, you can do that right now. Go to orderofrightsmovie.com. That's orderofrightsmovie.com or it's available for purchase or rental when you go to Amazon Prime, Apple TV, iTunes, Google, Vudu, and Vimeo. So with everything else going on in the country right now, this is a case that did not probably get as much media as in another point in time it would have when a former congressman is found guilty in a federal court for lying to the FBI. However, we are living in this era where we are watching all of our various institutions that we used to give the benefit of the doubt to lose our trust systematically. And former Nebraska Congressman Jeff Fortenberry says that his crime was not lying to the FBI, but trusting it in the first place. And he joins us now here on Blaze TV. And Jeff, it's good to meet you. My name is Steve Dace. How are you? Great to meet you, too, Steve. Thank you. Are are you in Des Moines? Do you still live there? Yeah, we still live in Des Moines. Moines. Yeah, we still live here. Thanks. Thanks so much for having a Nebraska on an Iowa show. You bet. Every well, you know, every now and then we like to extend you guys, throw you guys a bone. You know how it is. Uh, so let's start with your background leading up to this case, and and the role, and 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 then what happened when the FBI brought these allegations to your attention. Well, Steve, first of all, thank you for your interest in this. Um, this has been very, very traumatic for me and for my family, for my constituents, for the state, and for people who can hear the nation. Because as you said, uh, we're living in a time where the crumbling and decline of institutions is so grave, so severe, and just tick through the list, whether that's government, media, education, uh, now even what we used to hold sacrosanct, uh, the, the idea of justice and fairness in law enforcement. So look, I raised my hand over 20 years ago and went into public service. And my family and I greatly sacrificed to try to uphold uh, conservative principles, to be effective legislators, to invite people to... Uh, my perspective, even when they might not agree. And uh, part of my work in Congress as uh, I I rose to a level, senior level on the Appropriations Committee and was on state and foreign operations. I worked a lot on issues in the Middle East since I I lived there when I was young and felt I had a distinct insight into the the culture and the people. Earlier in Congress, I joined the Foreign Affairs Committee and the Subcommittee on the Middle East. Mike Pence was the chairman at the time. So I had this background. Uh, When ISIS's genocide took place against Christians and Yazidis and other Muslim minorities, it was not only a, a threat, obviously, to the lives of these people, but to the principles of civilization itself. So we worked very hard to try to stop that genocide Um, working in the Obama administration uh, with Secretary Kerry, we actually got a genocide resolution passed in the House of Representatives uh, to draw, to elevate international consciousness to this grave threat to human dignity, human rights, as well as the principles of civilization itself. I, here in Nebraska, interestingly, I represent the, represented the largest group of Yazidis in the country. So that was um, my earlier work, in addition to a number of things in healthcare and conservation, I had a very significant pro-life bill, one of the last things that we did, and thank you for your stance. It was called uh, Care for Her, in which the government made a decided choice to be for the woman, even when there is unexpected pregnancy, and the child. We moved the tax credit to the unborn child and did other things in terms of maternal support and housing. So it was one of the last things I did. 
some people who saw my work, were interested in my work, uh, fundraised for me. That's what we have to do in politics. So few people really have an understanding of this. Uh, you know, I don't come from wealth. I don't write a big check to myself. I can't. I have to turn to people who believe in what I'm doing. They held a fundraiser for me in Los Angeles. Unbeknownst to me, uh, money was illegally moved from overseas into the hands of wealthy people in Los Angeles had no reason to be doing this at all. Who, by the way, put on a lovely event for me, got an award for me from the Vatican. I was made what's called a Knight of St. Gregory, which is an honorary award. I'm a Roman Catholic, and so this means things to us, just for the work of trying to help persecuted peoples. And that's where this whole saga starts. So the FBI comes to you and says, hey, are you aware that there is some uh, chicanery happening with this fundraiser and this group? Right. And then what happens? No. no. OK. No. So that that actually would have been helpful uh, if you can reverse the whole story here, if they would have come to me and said, do you are you aware of these illegal contributions? Uh, no. So uh, sort of like if the know. FBI really thought that the Trump campaign had been infiltrated by a bunch of Russian assets that they probably should have informed the Trump campaign. Do you know you're surrounded by a bunch of Russian assets and never did that either? Kind of like well, that. That's, that. That's exactly the analogy here. Now, you know, I had received we were planning another fundraiser with these same people years later. I mean, that's what you do. You go back to friends. And uh, I had a normal conversation, which was taped by the FBI. Then a second conversation, which this information was planted upon me. It obviously was jarring and startling. I told my wife that I heard a concerning comment, went to a lawyer, told my chief of staff, but I was um, accused of scheming to lie all on the spot because um, I was asked about this nearly a year later. And I thought I told them the core, the gist of what I remembered hearing and understood. And then this led to this trial and conviction, which we are appealing, by the way. And um, I think there's important principles at stake here. Number one is how can you be dragged out of your home in Nebraska and tried in California right there in the front of the Constitution? It says you're tried by a jury of, of peers. So that's an issue. Second is what we call materiality. How can someone who's not involved in the original crime through the investigation of the crime end up becoming the criminal? Mm -hmm. And then meaning that you did not benefit from this criminal transaction. You were not a party on other end of it. There was no benefit of this transaction to you. That's what you're saying there. None whatsoever. I didn't know about it, didn't know anything about it in the planning of it and the execution of it. Again, was told some things later, which concerned me, brought it to an attorney, brought it to, again, told my wife, chief of staff. And I told the FBI and um, the Department of Justice officials all those things. But th that's the, the reality of what we've had to face. And so um, it, it, it goes on. It's, again, tremendously traumatic for me and my family and a grave loss to the Nebraska citizens who I represented for a very long time. Through your, you had, you actually gave the judge credit in your statement after your verdict. Why? Because the entire time, again, uh, we had a case that was engineered to be in Los Angeles. This was brought by Los Angeles prosecutors. I've had prosecutors all over the country tell me they weren't, would never have brought this case. Uh, secondly, um, we just felt like all along it was very difficult to get a fair hearing, and we were very constrained in providing an alternative narrative as to what happened. It was as though the narrative was set and the facts were moved just to support that narrative, and we were having an extremely difficult time uh, explaining, again, our perspective on what happened and providing a reasoned alternative explanation. 
Um, and there, there were just fundamental issues of fairness. 70 people, family, childhood friends, colleagues uh, wrote in on my behalf. Um, in fact, I, I couldn't even read the letters. They were so overgenerous. It upset me emotionally because it, it just affected me in the heart. They sent these to the judge and the judge saw a different portrait of someone. Again, I've tried to be a dutiful public servant and faithful to my oath and faithful to the people that I serve and faithful to the principles that I uphold, even in front of people who don't agree with me. My style was always to try to be inviting and to, uh, again, apply logic and reason to the most complicated issues before us, like we're, you talked about earlier. How is this country going to heal from the great wound in the soul of abortion? And so that was a marked characteristic of, of who I tried to be in public service. And again, passed many, just in the last couple of years, many very significant pieces of legislation in healthcare and conservation, and um, as, as well as uh, a major initiative for Middle East peace. So these were the marked characteristics of who I was. The judge clearly saw that and saw alternative narrative and took that into consideration. That's why I wanted to be complimentary at that moment. I'm listening or watching this right now in Billings, Montana, where I just went and spoke at the Reagan dinner there two weeks ago. And I've never heard the name Jeff Fortenberry before. Tell me why I care about what happened to you, Congressman. Why Make it, make it relevant to people around the country. Well, um, again, we live in a society that we're, we're a call, are called a republic. We invest our vote in people who are supposed to bring wisdom and justice and prudence to unpack the most complicated issues of the day, bringing forth wisdom of the ages, applying principle in time and standing for that principle through, again, reason and invitation. That was a more characteristic of who I had to do. I wasn't on the television every night screaming and yelling. Um, it just wasn't my style. I was never comfortable doing that. But I felt like I was a very effective representative for my state and for our country. And it again, rose to some senior levels and worked on the numerous things that you'd never even be familiar with because they don't make the nightly news. Uh, but why should people care? Again, um, when you have a presumption of guilt and facts move to just fit that presumption of guilt, when you have someone who trusted law enforcement, which was my impulse, I trusted them and tried to help, and they betrayed that trust. Uh, there are deep constitutional issues here as to, again, whether you can be dragged out of your home into another location that is very remote. In fact, we will argue is not germane, is not a proper venue for trying a person. Secondly, again, this issue of how do you does the person who's a victim of a crime end up becoming prosecuted as the criminal? In the course of the investigation of the crime, there's a very loose law that the Supreme Court has spoken of called Section 1001, not lying to a law, not lying to a federal official. By the way, the FBI lied to me. The Department of Justice lied to me. Uh, they knew all along what they were doing. I didn't. And so, again, I told them what I remembered hearing and tried to help. But I was told this was a national security operation. Uh, to begin with. And that's why, again, my impulse was to try to help law enforcement. These are the issues why people should care. Hmm. Con former Congressman Jeff Fortenberry. Jeff, thank you for coming on, sharing your story. Keep us up to date on how your appeal goes. Okay. Steve, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. You're welcome, man. Thank you. Um, we'll discuss this because there's a broader conversation here in just a moment. First, a reminder 
uh, about our friends over at Keeps. If you're listening and you are a fella, a little sensitive about your hair loss, um, then I've got great news for you. Keeps has you covered and they will cover you discreetly as well. It's all done online with the right physician recommended hair loss treatments. They give you the generic version so that you save money there. And then they do everything online so that you can uh, have it discreet and they ship it discreetly to your front door, which is also very convenient for you at the same time. And then, I've said and then many times, let's do it once more. They'll give you 50% off your first order to make it even more affordable for you. When you go to keeps.com slash grow, K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. So the reason I wanted to highlight the story here today is because this is yet another front. Um, our friend and colleague, Daniel Horowitz, uh, did a podcast last week. I haven't had a chance to listen to yet, but with somebody who has some pretty incriminating evidence when it comes to the jab and the, or I'm sorry, to the origin of the virus and the FBI is actually targeting him as opposed to, hey, we'd like to see your evidence so we can get to the truth here, right? There is, there was, they went after the guy who came up with Hunter, that came up with Hunter Biden's laptop as if he had like gone to Hunter's house and stolen it from him. Um, we have seen, and then of course the most blatant example are people who either were unarmed or never even went into the Capitol. Um, and did nothing other than, quote, interference with official acts who are indefinitely detained for going on, what is it now, 18 months since that event occurred with their lives ruined. The What you're watching here is the militarization of the administrative state. And we are kind of now at the arrest this man portion of America's cold civil war, right? Mm-hmm. And... And, and if you just listen to Jeff talk there, this is clearly a guy that put a lot of pride in his ability to, on purpose, try to be a professional legislator, not rock the boat all that often, not make a lot of enemies. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I found out about this, and here's what I learned, just thinking that, you know, they'd be thankful to hear the information. And instead, even though he didn't get any of the grift that was done through this third party, he somehow is the one that then is held and and taken into federal court for it. Um, This is what we mean by a two-tiered justice system. And this is yet another example, and it's an endless example. And whenever societies go here, this never ends well, man. It never ends well. Yeah, they're intentionally setting people uh, like him up uh, because they don't see him as a fellow human being. He's just the other. Uh, Again, uh, my own experience here, I I caught uh, my local school district breaking policy so many times, holding them accountable. This is what I'm just seen as an other. And this is why once the system can't see you as an other, you are base. You need to be exterminated. They see you as a cockroach. Why do you think going just to a banquet for a soccer girl soccer team? I had police there specifically just to keep an eye on me, because they know it's a small enough town. They know the athletic director. They're not actually. They don't really care about anything about that policy. They don't ask any questions. It's just the system. It must be protected. And either you you have to take this on locally, nationally, all of that, because you have a target on your back, whether you understand that right now or not. Don't talk to the cops. Don't co- talk to the cops at all. I mean, like ever, no matter how, no matter how like benign or 
little of a deal you might have been a witness to or the, the justice system just I assume the worst. The justice system is not going to be on your side. When we come back, let's make some enemies. Let's play fake news or not with common and popular conservative media current tropes and see if they're fake news or not when we return. Greetings, back with Hour 2 live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. Don't forget that you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox by emailing us, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Getter, TikTok, and Instagram. And then get clips of the show free to watch, free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. That's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And for those of you that are listening right now, later on today via the podcast or another day, thank you uh, for taking time out of your schedule to listen to us on demand. You are a huge part of our audience. We're very thankful for you. And if you wouldn't mind, please leave us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice, as well as hit subscribe or follow because those things help the uh, podcast to continue to grow. And after the segment we're about to do, we could probably use all the help that we could get. You know, I was looking through some of our five-star reviews, by the way. Oh, and I forgot to mention, if you have a question you want considered for a future Ask Me Anything, if you put it inside your five-star review, you'll move to the front of the line of an upcoming Ask Me Anything here on the show as well. I was looking over uh, some of our uh, recent uh, five-star reviews. Uh, I saw this one from Holly Berry. I was a rush baby. I felt lost in the world when he passed. You're not alone. Millions of people did. None of us would be here, Holly, without... Russia's success in the trail that he blazed took me a while to find a new show and, and she put in replacement but no one Russia's irreplaceable so I edited that is that okay we'll just go with a new show how's that sure. okay uh, it took me a while to find a new show but I finally did and this is it I'm also a Christ follower and I really appreciate their biblical worldview I listen every day and cannot recommend it enough that's very kind um uh, here's Jason JB77 again, who says, I was looking for something uh, new once Rush passed away, and you guys are incredible, and I really appreciate the show. And here's something from just last week uh, from Stonebank. You guys' wealth of knowledge, your faith, um, and the show you put on, it's one of the most informative shows on The Blaze. And uh, I always make sure to catch the podcast when I cannot watch the show live. So. Uh, hopefully you guys will be at the at the very top one day soon. Well, probably what we are about to do, Stonebank, will delay the ascension to the top by at least a day, <laughs> I would guess. All right. So let us play Fake News or Not, brought to you by our friends over at Freedom Project Education. If you are looking, time is running short. Schools return in just over a month. So if you are looking for options this fall, to help your kid escape from the government schools, then look no further than our friends at Freedom Project Education. They have the Freedom Project Academy. They do great work. I've seen it firsthand because my own son Noah was enrolled there for a couple of years. And I know the people firsthand who established this academy because we fought together in the battle against Common Core. And they will help your kid learn how to think, not what to think, and mastery of subject matter that matters, not 
you know, spirit of the age propaganda. If you want to get a free information packet and see if it's good, fits into your budget, your schedule as a family, go to Freedom for School. That's the preposition, not the number. F-O-R, freedomforschool.com. Get that free information packet now when you go to freedomforschool.com. All right, so I have selected a list of current tropes that are very popular within our own industry, some of which we've even said on the show. So this, our own, that that includes us, right? We're not setting ourselves apart from the rest of the the industry. We work in this industry, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so then then these are tropes that are even popular on our own show, on our own platform. Let's let's just make sure we, because here's, here's the, here's, I can promise you, next to a lack of conviction, which I talked about at the end of last hour, okay, Next to a lack of conviction, here is the second most self-assured way to lose America's culture war. Stop being self-aware, stop being self-assessing, and start assuming that your flatulence contains no scent. That works every time, man. Every time. For, in other words, form your own cult against the other cult. Works every time. No, it doesn't work. Uh, the Mensheviks and the Bolsheviks just end up in the streets. That's how it works. Don't do that. Don't don't do that. One way to avoid not forming your own cult is to take a long look at the man in the mirror. So let's do it here. Let let's begin with our first common conservative, current common conservative uh, trope. And is it fake news or not? Here it is. A red wave is coming this November, no matter what, gentlemen. Fake news or not? I'm going to say not, you know, with the stipulation, with the stipulation that, you know, we still have a country come November with that stipulation, some some semblance of this, because uh, right now it looks like a lot of this is outside the margin of uh, of cheating, as we like to say, a lot of uh, a lot of what we're seeing that now a red wave can still be a red wave, even if, you know, maybe the Senate is still 50 50 or Republicans hold only a one-seat advantage there, but uh, I don't really see how this is how this could be avoided. You know, even let's just pretend if we let's just game theory one thing out real quick. Let's just pretend tomorrow we wake up, Exxon, Shell, a lot of big oil companies announced that they have come to an agreement with the White House and uh, Biden's EPA and Department of Energy that immediately we are going to begin resume uh, fracking at, uh, you know, mid 2010s level. And uh, all of these leases that we've been wanting, they are going to get uh, developed and exploited. And uh, American energy independence uh, is on its way back. That causes that would cause right the oil markets to uh, the oil prices to drop immediately because it's all a futures based market. Okay, Um, I think even if that happened, the rest of the economy and and inflation is and has been bad enough for long enough. It's just set in and baked in at this point. What do you think, Todd? Uh, That makes sense. But I'm going uh, with uh, fake news. Just just remember the people at uh, high levels of power and then just the person on the street who believes things like, uh, we had it in the montage last week uh, on Friday. I, I don't care what the Constitution says at all. You see uh, Klaus Schwab talking about everyone's in danger if everyone doesn't get vaccinated. 
which doesn't make any sense, but there it is. I, I, when the lie is the point, I connect all of the dots Aaron said, and they all make sense to me. And there is a part of me that goes there, but I, I just do not believe that this is a fait accompli in a world where the lie is the point for that many people. So you do believe a red wave is coming, just not a Republican red wave, like a commie red wave. Or that. So I agree that this is actually true news. And and that's in recognition of what you said. But I I still believe that the the laws of nature and nature's God trump all the various things that you just mentioned. Um, There is still a created order. And let me let me. Let me give you an example of what I mean from another purview, because I think you'll understand it even though you won't like it, okay? Right now, the University of Michigan, my favorite team, whose polo shirt I'm wearing, believes that it is going to be able to be the one big brand in all of college football to not offer a recruiting inducement to players up front while everyone else is doing that. Well, everyone else within its peer group of the institutions that it envisions it's among or wants to defeat. We'll go, we'll put it mm-hmm. that way. Okay. So then everyone else within its peer group is doing that, including its number one peer, whose coach just said a month ago, we're going to need 13 million a year to keep a, to have a recruiting class. Just said it out loud. And so somehow we are going to get, we're just so special. This is such a great place to play that I could get this money from all the other schools you're recruiting me against. But I really just want to be at your school so bad that I don't want that transformational amount of money. Will there be some players that that will be true of? Sure. Will there be a lot of players that that will be true of? No. Because you're recruiting college football players, not the Sisters of Benevolence, to replace Mother Teresa at Calcutta. Many of these kids are from disadvantaged backgrounds. You want something that Michigan wants to say we're transformational, not transactional? Let me tell you what's transformational. $100,000 for a single mom with five kids. Pretty damn transformational. Michigan believes that it can deny the natural laws of economics. It can't. This is an emerging market of capital and labor. It will only expand from here. There will be no market correction. The players actually getting a cut now is the market correction. And on one hand, Michigan wants to be a part of a conference that just raked over the coals, its century-old strategic partner last week, and disintegrated their conference, but then turn around and say to the players, but we'll decide when you're vested enough to get something. No, you won't. And if you persist in this self-limiting, the natural law here will uh, pimp slap you around. Similarly, everything you're saying that Todd's just said about the spirit of the age that we, in which we live is all true. But the spirit of the age is not the sovereign being of the universe. The spirit of the age is not the highest law of the universe. Granted, it is very powerful and increasingly potent in our culture But I might even argue from a theological perspective, that is actually a sign of who ultimately is sovereign. That's what Romans 1 is about. Romans 1 is when the sovereign, the dreaded sovereign of the universe takes his thumb off the scale and says, you know what, I'm no longer going to hold back your desires, your whims. Even that, even that is an act of God's sovereignty. 
And so there are certain natural laws here that are that are happening. That the Republican Party has done outside of the guy in Florida and a, and a few other governors have done literally nothing to cultivate this environment. None. It's it's outside of their hands. Can they blow it to some extent? I could see them blowing the Senate. Remember, they've got to win four out of the they got to win four out of seven states this year, and and and, and Trump lost six of those states. So could they blow it in that sense? Yeah. But could they blow it in every sense? No, actually, they could not. Because this is outside of their purview. This is the this is a this is a Brexit kind of an event. There was no real political entity representing the Brexiters. There was an offshoot group led by Nigel Farage, who I think had elected only a handful of MPs to British Parliament ever. The rest of it was just the sentiment of the populace acting on their own with an ability to act. And in this case, without me, without anyone, there's a lot of people who are never going to like Donald Trump. I saw Tammy Bruce over the weekend from Fox News posted a graphic saying that Donald Trump is the most popular politician in America. And she's right. That is what the graphic said. But she kind of buried the lead because the graphic also said that his net favorable was minus eight. Minus eight. Why is minus eight familiar? That's what got Elf's dad crap canned in the movie. A minus eight. A minus eight. That was their quarterly dividend. Minus eight. So Trump is the most popular major political figure in in America, but it's a minus eight. However, there's all kinds of people who hate the direction of the country right now, like 90% of them, according to a Monmouth poll, that way oversampled Democrats. But now they don't have to vote for Donald Trump to exercise their angst. They don't have to accept anybody or individual brand in order to just exercise their angst, which is why... Barack Obama got clobbered in two midterms and then clobbered Republicans when they had to vote for an individual. And so those natural laws still exist. I fully expect Republicans to do whatever, because they are the Washington generals, to do whatever they could possibly do to self-limit here. But in the end, the natural law finds a way. There will, be reper- there will be repercussions for these actions. You cannot charge people $7 a gallon for gasoline and tell them it's because of it, we have to save Ukraine and expect them to say, oh, okay, yeah, we're great, cool. They won't. They won't. And that's why they're doomed this fall. And the only thing we're going to be debating is the level of the fallout, in my view. I, I think I, I, I agree with that. I just think the question is as well, and I, I, I came to my conclusion for, for different reasons. I, I just don't know how far the rubber band that we talk about, I just don't know how far that can keep twisting, because I don't think this is necessarily, what you're describing here is the rubber band twisting back a mm-hmm. little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but not snapping. I think this is actually just a, continue of, a continuation of the rubber band continuing to twist and twist and twist. That's all. What if they suspend the election? Oh, then I think, how would they suspend it? I don't know, but we had, how would they lock the country down? How would they jab us with something that doesn't work? But now we get into the laws of politics. You know why they were able to do it? Because a Republican in the White House Mm. helped them do it. So, So a bunch of Republican governors and stuff felt like they had to go along with it. They don't have to go along with it now. That's why a bunch of them began reopening the minute that Trump left office. You, of course, make sense, but I don't believe in no matter what. Period. Then, then, 
there is a scenario where you're right, but then it's it's what Aaron talked about. Like the rubber band just snaps and that's the end of a civilization, mm-hmm. which is the culmination of the natural law then. So either way, the natural law wins. Like we're already past the point where, uh, where um, God owes us no mercy whatsoever as a people. So then you're just talking about then just, you know, the sulfur rains. And I'm okay with that too. Either way, the natural law always wins. The natural law will always win because it's the laws of nature and nature's God. And he's the only undefeated being in the universe. It's just a question of how much we want to lose before we recognize that. Next. Oh, you're waiting on me. Sorry. Um, Trump is the inevitable GOP nominee in 2024. Fake news or not, Todd? Fake news. I don't believe in no matter what. On this. Aaron. Yeah, it's it's fake news. I think his chances went up with the row news, but I you know whether it's two percent or twenty percent, I I don't think he's inevitable. So I see people I like, like Ned Ryan and others, pointing to all these national polls, and I say this every cycle: the national polls don't matter. The only polling in presidential politics that matter, right at this stage, are what's going on in Iowa and New Hampshire. That's all that matters. Nothing else matters. We don't have a national primary. We have a series of individual primaries and they build on one another. And the momentum you pick up or lose ultimately then determines your fate on a national basis. Okay. So it, 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 it really wouldn't matter if Donald Trump was up 85 to three over anybody in, the, in a national poll. What would matter, what would matter is would anybody credible still decide they have a path to victory and then get involved in Iowa and New Hampshire full throat to give those people an option in a real campaign. That's all that matters. When, when we see polling, and we've seen it for a while now, where it's a dead heat between Trump and DeSantis, Trump is even, uh, DeSantis is even. You mean like the New Hampshire poll? Ahead of okay. Trump. Um, but name ID wise. What percentage of America, I don't want to take this for granted because yeah. we do, what percentage of America still doesn't even know what a Ron DeSantis is? Well, funny is? you should bring that up because in that poll, in that graphic that Tammy Bruce uh, sent out earlier this weekend, um, it yes, Trump was more popular than DeSantis, but only 27% of Americans, I think it was either 27% didn't know who he was or 27%, actually it was the latter, I'm sorry, 27% had no opinion of who he was. So DeSantis' actual net favorable was actually higher than Trump's. His Meaning the difference between his, dis, his unfavorable and favorables. He was actually better off than Trump, but his total favorable was lower than Trump's. And 27% of the American people didn't know who he was. Only 7% of the people in that poll didn't know who Trump was. To answer that question. 7% didn't? Yeah. Okay. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, apparently they, they that got past me the first time. Yeah. Apparently they just, you know, they just, they asked Joe Biden with his dementia a million times. Do you know who Donald Trump is? And just recorded every answer. Is Donald Trump got a tattoo? Yes. <sighs> Next. Oh, did you answer? Aaron? I did. It's okay. fake news. All right. Next. The January 6th commission. What's her name? Cassidy. Is it Hubbard? Cassidy Hubbard? I have no idea. Okay. Not included is a partisan witch hunt. Aaron, fake news or not? Uh, That is fake news. It's that doesn't do it justice. Uh, The January (laughs) 6th. I like that it's fake news because it doesn't go far enough. Yeah. The January 6th (laughs) commission is just. um, uh, 
I don't know what would actually do it justice. It's it's simultaneously evil and dumb. Dumb and evil, evil and dumb. That's what I'm going to say. That's more appropriate. It's dumb and evil or evil and dumb, whatever order you want to put those in. Oh, that's a perfect pairing. Yeah, it, it's true. And this is what dovetails nicely with the interview Steve just did uh, with the uh, congressman and my, my personal uh, uh, story. Yeah, they, they, they are absolutely... Uh, targeting you because you're an other that they they can't relate to you don't want to relate with you on any level and that's a dangerous time i like aaron's answer a lot the way that he framed it um it's even worse than that and i remember before he um in the has has given himself over to borderline trump derangement syndrome Andy McCarthy at National Review made the point early on in the Russian collusion, and this is before we knew that this was all fake, before the Mueller report and everything, okay? Andy McCarthy at National Review, and this might be the last time I read anything from National Review, so that tells you something. Andy McCarthy at National Review, former federal prosecutor, made the point that when he looked at the allegations, let's assume that this is, everything is true. What, what, Comey and the system and the Democrats are trying to do here is he said they were trying to criminalize partisan political activity. Do you remember this? Yeah. That this, even if this is that, that you may think it's unethical, you may not like it and that's why you can vote against it. But um, unless they can produce a P tape, everything else they're talking about essentially is we're going to criminalize partisan political activity and therefore, we're just going to, I guess, I guess every time we have an election now, the next party comes in and impeaches whoever the chief executive is from the other party. You remember he had that conversation yes. like in 2017, 2018 yes. before he lost his mind. Right. Okay. And I think that that actually is, is what is happening here, whether it's Jeff Fortenberry, who we just saw. Okay. Um, or it's the January 6th detainees. The idea that if I don't like your belief system, it, it, and this goes into medical ethics, um, you prescribed an, an FDA-approved drug that helped and saved a patient, but you did so in a way that violated our precious protocols, which means our ability to control the system, and therefore we will disbar you and take your license away for saving lives in the way that we did not approve. It is the it's the weaponization of the administrative state for a particular in order to can in, 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 to enforce a particular political viewpoint. And I'm going to repeat what I said about this a little while ago. This never ends well. It doesn't matter how prosperous a society is, what form of government it is. Whenever the the administrative state of a society or its bureaucratic entities are weaponized for a particular political and the enforcement of a particular political bent or narrative. That never yes. ends well. It just never does. It's the opposite of what you said uh, when we on Thursday when we did the uh, Glenn Beck show and you talked about the founding fathers implored the world to hold them to the same standard that they were putting forward in the Declaration of Independence. We don't want to go. This is the opposite. We, like, we don't want any accountability whatsoever. We win. We establish the rules yes. and you bow. Yeah. That's what that is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. A zero sum game. This is this is why 
for you know if you listen to if you if you listen to this show in 2017 um and probably until Kavanaugh of 2018 you heard me yeah. very hesitant to embrace people like Kurt Schlichter on our own side because I was concerned that now hey they are, they already made politics a zero sum game over there we're going to do it over here now so if it's a zero sum game on both sides anybody guess how that how that story ends right yeah, we know how that ends. We played that one out before in our yeah. country's history. We know how that ends. Last week, what did I tell you to do? And by the way, I just confirmed it. He's booked on our show next week. Yeah, why? Because it's obvious now that we have no alternative but to respond by making it a zero-sum game. And so I'm not, I'm not opposed to a fight, believe me. I just want to make sure it's justifiable. That's all. And now I, I think it's absolutely justifiable. So... We're booking Kurt Schlichter on the show. <laughs> That's because I have to respond to the reality of what's around me. Yeah, this is conversation as well illustrates why people and I brought his name up and I think we've brought him up with increasing frequency. Chris Rufo at the the Manhattan Institute who who kind of teased um, earlier uh, this last weekend. Uh, teased what he's working on, a policy paper that basically, and he comes right out and says it in no uncertain terms, the next time, if a Republican gets elected, we are going to push for basically a complete and total ideological remake and uh, not just shuffling, a, a complete and ideological blowing up of the administrative state. That's that's the kind of thinking that we have to have. Because yes. it is a zero-sum game. It is a zero-sum game. When you have power, you must use it. Otherwise, you're going to get pimp slapped over and over again. And let me, when I, let me just quickly, when I say zero sum game, it means when one side wins, they have no intention of accommodating on any level or giving benefit of the doubt to the other side. That's what I mean by a zero sum game. We don't believe in mutually assured destruction anymore. The crazies in the Moscow and over in Moscow think they can win a nuclear war, so they launch a first strike. That's what's gone on over there now. Okay. And so I, I, we can't respond anymore. With, there can't be any more SALT treaties. We respond now with SDIs and MX missiles, and we put them in Germany, and we point them at, at West Germany, and we point them in East Germany, and we say, sure, are you sure about that? Because we'll fire back now. So are you sure you can win this? You sure you don't? You sure that we wouldn't make this planet a vast wasteland? That's what I mean by it becoming a zero-sum game. Um, let's go to the next one. We got two more. Rapid fire. I'm pro-vaccine, but against the mandates. I can almost not even say this with a straight face. So let's quickly dispense of this. I'm totters and I'm an anti-vaxxer. So you know my answer. My answer is that's cute. This is the silliest of all of them. And yet it is the one that is currently probably, other than the first one, used most often by Republicans and people on our own, in our own industry. And it's the silliest, it's the silliest one up there. Uh, Finally. The past Supreme Court session vindicated the long-term conservative legal strategy of, quote, vote Republican for better justices, unquote. Fake, fake news. Uh, it, well, it, 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 this last Supreme Court session was in spite of that long-term legal strategy. Agreed. That That's fake news. Uh, and it'll, listen, it, it'll just ensure that it's another 50 years until common sense. It, it, this flies in the face of everything Aaron just said about the Rufo strategy. Now, this is about winning now. This is about being comprehensive. Th- this is not about Hail Mary passes, which ultimately, th- that's what it is when it took 50 years to undo the travesty that was Roe v. Wade. Even if this is true news, here's the thing with this one. Even if it's true news, 
do you have, how many, how many years, as you just pointed out, how many years did it take for this to reach its clear culmination? Decades. It took decades. Mm-hmm. Do you have decades right now right. to wait this, exactly. to wait this, to wait this paradigm out? You have decades now? No, no, no. Now, the Biden administration is appointing dudes who don't know what gender they are, who promoted a website called Rent Boy to jobs in the federal government. No, you don't have several decades to work this thing out again for the next generation of justices and the next generation of issues. So even if this even if this talking point is true news, it's too late in the game. To work that game plan. We we can't go into a wishbone offense for a two-minute drill, guys. You know, the clock's going to run out. We got to change our tactics. Got to go to more of a hurry-up offense. We can't be trying to matriculate the ball down the field. We got to pick up chunks of yardage here. All the different sports analogies that I can make. Swing for the fences. I don't have time to play small ball. There's two outs in the ninth inning, okay? Whatever sports analogy you want, that's where we are. So even that's what I think makes this one particularly damnable is that even if it is true news, we wouldn't have the time to work this elongated period of strategy anyway. And have you ever noticed that a lot of the strategies that get promoted as working on the right are the ones that sustain people's long-term viable careers and fundraising mechanisms? I'm sure that's entirely coincidental. In, like entirely. Think it's coincidental? No. No, I don't. For those of you that are new to the show, I don't really think it's coincidental. I was just saying that. So I just thought I would clarify. All right, when we come back, Pop Culture Tuesday, my top 10 movies of the year thus far in a moment. We're going to get to my top 10 list of movies so far in 2022 for Pop Culture Tuesday when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. But first, Aaron, tell our audience again, because you are more manly than me in this arena. So tell our audience again about BattleBox, because this is right up your alley. Well, we're always talking about being uh, prepared, obviously, for a very, a very tumultuous, what's sure to be a very tumultuous future um if you would have told us you know five ten years ago that would be like a main not just like an advertising just like a main talking point uh we probably probably would have called us crazy or we would have thought we were going crazy i recently just purchased my own ar-15 one i you know just for home defense home protection but two uh if you know they start to ban these things if you ever wanted one now is a good time and three you know, if things start to go down, you need to be prepared. I think BattleBox is another example of that. Not just if you're into camping, which is a great product for that, especially over the summer and into the fall months. Go camping and uh, you need to replenish some of your gear. BattleBox has you covered each month. They, they uh, If you get on a subscription with them, they'll send you all sorts of goodies for survival and camping. Uh, the BattleBox that I got came with a really, really nice knife that I use pretty on a routine basis. Uh, it comes with a nice sheath really easy to pull out but it's secure as well uh you know uh, food as well 
food, which is a, a big deal as well if you're out surviving in the wilderness somewhere. Uh, lots of options for starting fires. It's just jam-packed full of pretty cool things, but things that you could also use. Again, not if you're you know, into camping and survivalist things like that, but if things really start to go down, Battle Box could have you uh, covered as well. I've always said if you just walked out in the woods with this, you could f- survive at least for a week or two just with a Battle Box. That wow. Send, yeah. All right. Well, from now for, until July 31st, get a free mystery box worth over 100 bucks with any new subscription when you go to trybattlebox.com slash Steve. That's a free mystery box worth over 100 bucks right now when you go to trybattlebox, all one word, trybattlebox.com slash Steve. Again, that is trybattlebox.com slash Steve. Thank you, Aaron. All right, um, let's get to it. Um, let's check in halfway through the year. On what are my top 10 movies of the year so far in 2022. And there's a few that I think have been legitimately great. And then there's a few that I had to come up with 10. So they're pretty good. But I wouldn't consider to be great. They're just among the best I've seen so far this year. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So let's start at the bottom. I could have thrown a lot of movies in here for number 10. But I am going to actually throw Ambulance in there at number 10. Because Ambulance is the movie that you're going to watch on a streaming service. And you're going to ask yourself, why didn't more people want to see this in the theater? This isn't, you know, Dr. Shivago. It ain't Gone with the Wind. Okay? But it's a throwback to the old Michael Bay, Armageddon, Con Air... The Rock style of action. Jake Gyllenhaal is incredible as a complete and total sociopath. And it's got some pretty clever plot twists in it as well. The action is top notch. I mean, this is empty calories, man. But as far as empty calories goes, I mean, you could do a lot worse. Okay. Uh, And so Ambulance is a story about a veteran. Uh, that is down on his luck with a sick kid whose insurance won't cover the operation he needs. He was adopted into another family, Jake's family, and uh, Jake has taken over the father's criminal racket business and has a score, a big score with a bank robbery, and his uh, he want, he needs another uh, soldier, someone else that he can trust uh, to help him with the operation, and his brother, his adopted brother, needs the cash, so agrees to do it. They think they've got a foolproof plan. They're going to be in, be out before the bank even opens, and they're good to go. It doesn't quite go the way they had planned. Okay. So uh, ambulance is going to be a movie. You're going to sit there and think, why didn't more people see this? Number nine is a movie on HBO Max called The Survivor. And this is a true story about a Holocaust survivor who was, was basically adopted by a member of the SS at a concentration camp because he was a good fighter and for fun to entertain the troops the other Nazi troops, he would have him pummel the other concentration camp victims into submission. And he ended up, uh, after getting freed uh, following World War II, he ended up turning that into a boxing career that included a about, he had his one shot at Rocky Marciano for the heavyweight championship of the world. It's, it, it, it tries really hard to be raging bull. It doesn't quite get there, you know, um, through the film, he—I mean, you—you you watch as he wrestles quite a bit with 
what he did himself to survive and the guilt that he feels for it at the same time. You see some of the fascinating conversations that he had um, back at the camp with uh, basically his SS sponsor who didn't actually believe in like any of the Nazi ideology, but himself just, just like, just like in the, in the contrast is fascinating. Just as he was willing to beat some of his fellow Jews in the ring to, to maintain his own survival, because if he wouldn't fight, they would just shoot him on the spot. And if he, and if you lost the fight, they just shot you. That was the cost of losing because they bet on all these. And if you cost the officers a losing bet, they would just shoot you in cold blood. This SS officer doesn't believe in any of this ideology either. He just saw that this was the way that things were going in the majority of the country. So he just signed up for it because that's just history. And the conversations that go back and forth between these two. And then now that he's older, married, has a family, he's an American trying to reconcile these things. There's a very powerful scene where he goes back to synagogue for the first time since he was a child with the woman that would become his wife. And how unworthy he feels to be there because of what he did to survive in the camps. It's just... It, it's it's well done. It could have just been with this with this subject matter. This should have been like Oscar worthy. You know what I'm saying? Instead, it's just pretty good. And what streaming service? It's on HBO Max, oh. The Survivor. All right. Number eight is a movie called The Outfit, which is almost entirely self-contained in the one uh, tailor shop in the 1930s in Chicago during gang war. And it is expertly acted. I want to say the guy who plays the tailor is a Dennis Rylan, I want to say is his name. And there's a lot more to him than meets the eye. I, I don't want to tell you anything more because it would spoil it. Okay. But this is a very well acted film. And, um, and it has its own plot twist at the end as well. And as a guy who's the executive producer for an upcoming movie that is largely not, not as contained in a single set as this movie is. We have other sets, but most of our movie for Nefarious is going to take place within one setting. So you're always wondering, can other people who know what they're doing pull that kind of a thing off, right? They do it in the outfit. So it is my uh, number eight movie so far this year. Number seven is The Tender Bar. This was released in, on Amazon Prime starring Ben Affleck back in January based on a best-selling book. And it's about a guy whose biological father barely bothered. And so his his mom's uh, brother, his uncle, basically takes over the role as a surrogate dad played by Ben Affleck and teaches him a lot of very valuable life lessons about what it means to grow up and to be a man and to treat a wife right and things of that nature. Uh, so it's your classic coming of age tale. Uh, very well acted again. And it's got a very powerful story. So that's my number seven movie on the list. Number six is a movie I just saw this past weekend, Elvis. Now, I don't know how accurate this history is. I don't, you know, this is, pre, this is before me, obviously, and I haven't studied that era of, of, of pop music to the extent I have other eras that were before my time, you know, the original Ascent of the Beatles and Led Zeppelin, for example, or The Who. So I have no idea. The movie clearly makes an attempt to retcon Elvis as wanting to be more politically outspoken in that era, but trapped into not doing so by his long-term manager uh, or longtime manager, Colonel Tom Parker. I don't know if any of that history is true. I'm guessing given the era in which we live, it's probably not that true. <laughs> All right. But that subplot of the movie aside, the rest of this movie is excellent. It absolutely takes you there. The performance, Austin Butler as Elvis, the performances in every era from the kid with the slicked back hair 
uh, and the pink, uh, you know, suits to the guy with the uh, audacious, you know, onesies that he wore on the stage in Vegas. Austin Butler as Elvis sticks the landing. His performance carries this movie all the way through to the point that Tom Hanks is he's it's really Elvis's story through the eyes of Colonel Tom Parker played by Tom Hanks. He's overshadowed. Austin Butler nails this and it and so his performance and I would not be shocked if it was if it was Oscar worthy at the end of this year. Number five is the best Nicolas Cage movie in a long time. And I know that could be a snot snarky remark, but the unbearable weight of massive talent is just in and of itself, a very good film. It has a very good message. Nick Cage plays himself now as an older man who has chased after all sorts, every professional accolade and left his wife and daughter, his family behind. And he is forced through this gig that he thinks is beneath him, basically being entertained by who he is told is one of the world's most renowned weapons and drug dealers and essentially being his toy. Like remember the Richard uh, Pryor movie when we were kids with Scotty Schwartz and Jackie Gleason, the toy he is essentially hired like that. Okay. Uh, And so he thinks that this task is beneath him, but he has nothing else on the horizon and he needs the money. And lo and behold, this actually ends up becoming the event that, uh, causes and forces him to to change and refocus his life this this has a very good message about uh masculinity fatherhood um responsibility um the chemistry between him and pedro pascal is phenomenal uh i i mean this this movie's laugh out loud funny on numerous occasions this is a very good movie very good number four is top gun maverick probably the most overtly patriotic film since American Sniper and it's reaping all the the dividends for that at the box office right now this is going to be I I mean I know Avatar the Avatar sequel is still coming out later this year but I I think this is going to be the highest grossing film of the year it does a great job of knowing its audience and being comfortable in its own skin it 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 takes all of the tropes that made the original successful 35 years ago and just runs them back. But does it updated, you know, updated circumstances, updated technology, updated relationships. And so it doesn't try to reinvent the wheel, but it also doesn't make you feel like you're watching, you know, Roger Daltrey croak out. Uh, we won't get fooled again at the Super Bowl halftime long after he's blown the last fuse in his voice. You know what I'm saying? Like they do a great job of running it back, but updating it at the same time. Number And this movie, by the way, repeat viewings. This is the kind of film you can watch over and over again. And Miles Teller is really good as Goose's son in this movie, too. Number three is What's a Woman? We've talked at length about it. Uh, the Impact documentary by Matt Walsh, which I think is is one of the fi- one of the m- most devastating weapons that's ever been forged in the modern conservative movement. And, and it reminds me a lot of Ben Stein's Expelled from, gosh, that's almost 20 years mm-hmm. ago now, Todd. Very it reminds movie. me a lot of that film. Uh, number two. Uh, is The Batman, uh, which a lot of people think is the best movie so far this year, and I can understand why. I mean, it it is um, a noir Batman comic book come to life. Um, it's very gritty. The storytelling is very well done. The acting is very well done. 
And and it had a very difficult task. We've seen this character imagined how many times, right? I mean, how many times can you reboot this and yet it found a unique way to do it? So uh, the Batman is the opening way that, that Batman is unveiled in the film is incredible. And uh, the performance of the Riddler, Paul, whom I think of... Um, I can't remember his last name, but the guy who plays the Riddler is terrific in this movie as well. So it's my number two film so far this year. My number one movie so far of 2022 is Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson in Father Stew. I do worry that the profanity in this film is so excessive that it could have potentially limited its reach and audience. Because the overall message of this film, if you're not broken at the end of this movie, man, then 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 you're broken. But, and, and don't want to be put back together. Uh, it's, um, it's a very poignant and powerful and realistic story. Maybe the most realistic story of faith conversion we have seen modern Hollywood do. Mel Gibson and Mark Wahlberg both did this movie for virtually nothing. I think it had a total budget of like $4 million. And so even if its reach was limited by the script, it still has well exceeded that budget with its level of success. And again, it's a very powerful, devastating story. So that's my number one movie so far this year. We'll get you guys' thoughts after I remind the audience about Rough Greens. It is the supplement powder for your pets because they need one like we do for the same reasons. Just like we take supplements these days because they strip all that good stuff or a lot of it anyway out of our food before it ever leaves the factory. They do the same with our pets and that's where Rough Greens comes in. Put the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients back in your pet's diet that it needs. But you might be wondering, what if I don't, it doesn't work? What if my pet doesn't like it? That's why we're going to give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. When you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, that's how they spell it, for roughgreens.com, and we'll give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet. In two weeks or less, we just ask you to pay for the shipping so you're invested enough that you'll follow through because we really think this will be helpful to your puppy and we want you to go through with it, all right? So go to roughgreens.com to take advantage of this offer or you can um, give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. That's 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right, gentlemen, thoughts, questions, comments, or insults on my list so far? I've only seen uh, two of them. I, I, I found Batman enjoyable, but... Uh, I I was a little underwhelmed uh, relative to what you think about it, but it's certainly a good movie. I'd I'd put Top Gun ahead of it. I just think that's in a lot of bad nostalgia that's done just to make money. This is uh, perfect, and I can't wait to see Father Stew. And you and I had the disagreement uh, about the uh, cursing uh, in that movie when we actually talked about it. Since then, I've seen Mark Wahlberg directly answer your concern there and said, mm-hmm. I... I was talking to a certain kind of person for this. You know, they wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't authentic. So that's at least that's what he said. Uh, over under number of movies I've seen on that list. I'm setting it at two. I'm going under. Under. That's right. I've seen one. That's what's it, a woman. And I saw that three oh, times. Oh, of course I've seen that. So, yeah. Now, I don't you even, have yeah. an excuse beyond your normal shut in self. Yeah. You have an infinite home. Yeah. The only movie we've seen in theaters thus far this year is uh, Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange. And that was a little Yeah, that's not on there. Anything else notable on the cutting room floor? That wasn't there for you. <laughs> Nothing from any of the Disney. That wasn't intentional. Yeah. I didn't like I, say I my didn't ranking Disney that. films or anything they produced. They're just nothing I thought worthy of it. 
We'll see you guys tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.